You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. The JSC has closed its doors for another day, so it's time for the five o'clock shadow. As always on a Tuesday, it's the double-headed Dream Team edition, and tonight I'm speaking to David Shapiro from Sassman Securities and also Viv Govender from Rand Swiss. Viv, I get accused sometimes, and maybe David does, and maybe you do as well, about essay bashing, and, you know, we've got to be resilient and we've been through all this before. Uh, so let's start with something positive. There's two bits of economic data which came out of South Africa today. Firstly, private sector credit extension. It rose 8 0.4% year on year. But the interesting thing is that about half of that is due to corporate uptake of credit, and that rose by 8.8%, quite a hefty amount more than the market was expecting. So there's borrowing coming from corporates. And if you couple that with the unemployment data, and I know it's just a little blip, it's gone down from, I think, 32.9% to 32.7%. But over the last five quarters, not months, quarters, it's risen by, I think, something like one point. 0.652 million. They've created that amount of jobs. I mean, these are crumbs, Viv, but, you know, we'll take crumbs at the moment. <laughs> yeah, on a dice, crumbs are tasty. Uh, interesting number, uh, Kevin Ling's uh, actually tweeted about this. Apparently, uh, the number of employed people climbed by 169,000, right? Yeah. Uh, in the last period. 167,000 was in the Western Cape. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> holiday, holiday season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It also, maybe I think it's picking as well. Uh, uh, picking oh, the fruit, fruit pickers, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. fruit pickers, yeah. maybe. I, th- I think I think that could be it as yeah. well. So it it could be uh you know a, a seasonal thing that's happening here that 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 could be you know uh, uh, partially there. But they did mention the fact I think that the Western Cape basically uh, added thirty three thousand or three hundred thirty three thousand or six point nine percent, and this was supported by a semigration trend. With the influx of skilled individuals to the province. And that's something I've, I've noticed happening, you know, from Joburg and from especially Durban. I, I, I actually live in Durban and I, I know quite a few people in Durban. The amount of, like, especially young, skilled people that are not even trying to start a life in Durban is quite shocking at the moment. And Cape Town is the, or the Cape is basically, Western Cape is the place they are going to. So that could be, uh, you know, um, one of the things. Interesting you say that. You, you know, uh, because I was looking at, just talking to some property people, and they said exactly that. They said that, like, the certain fancy areas, uh, and this is, I'm, I'm quoting what they said, like the Valdevies and all the, um, what do you call them, Rondebosch and so on. Yes. You know, it's, mm. it's, it's from Gauteng, from Joburg. And yet the areas round about Durbanville, I can't remember those suburbs around that area. That's in the north, yeah. They're the, the northern suburbs, uh, yes. You know, you know Durbanville and... Uh, I wouldn't say Tiger Valley, but but round there, uh, I said it all coming from Natal. Interesting. And yeah. this is not this is not this is middle class, you know, middle class, but uh, perhaps not the, the you know the fancy golf course type estates where a lot of rich South Africans or Joe Burgers are going. But but he said, why I say that, and this is not meant to be disparaging against KZN. He said, but a lot of people are coming from KZN and moving into that area. So interesting. Oh, I don't know the Cape provinces at all or the Cape Town suburbs, um, but but it it you know where Sunlam is, Durbanville, and what's the other places around there. Yes. So uh, interesting. Yeah, but but it 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 confirms what Viv's saying. 
And so there's an internal migration as well as an external immigration, if you like. I mean, I've just spoken to... Look, I, he won't mind me telling him this. My, my son just got it offered a job in the Netherlands. He's got no experience in the field in which this company is um, has its expertise. Got offered a job, and he's in his late 20s, no experience, one-year contract... 4,000 euros, okay, to, to start, 25, 25 days leave, medical aid, um, expenses, travel expenses, all that sort of thing. And the, I looked at the contract, he said, have a look at this. And I passed it on to someone who's more, more proficient than me in these matters. And she said, look, this is a fantastic contract. This kid's being looked after by the Dutch. And I just thought if you'd tried to find a job in South Africa of that quality, and with that remuneration, with no experience, impossible. So the unemployment figures, David, are good, but they seem to be a little bit transient and may disappear in the next quarter. Yeah. They, they you know, I think what Viv says, if, if a huge amount came from the Western Cape, then I would automatically associate it with either fruit picking um, or alternatively, you know, with travel. You, 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 you get the students and you employ them as waiters or uh, they go to the hospitality area. Of course, you know, Cape is like a three or four months um, tourist area. Yes. Everybody comes in there. And, and I, I don't think I, – I, I remember, I, you know, talking to Cape Town tourist guides, and, you know, and um, they work for about three or four months in the Cape and then they go off to Namibia or somewhere else. So very transient. So it could be, uh, you know, you could be right. I think a lot of it is 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 not permanent, not sticky. The one area that I'm interested in and trying to work out, I was looking at WBO's results today, Wilson Bailey. Yeah. And just murmuring of a slight improvement coming through on the construction industry. And remember, a lot of money, <laughs> a lot of money is being spent now putting up. Uh, um, you know, solar panels or, or connecting JoJo's or inverters and a huge amount of money is being spent. Now, I don't know whether it affects the construction, but I mean, in that area, I have no doubt that you're going to see a pickup in, 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 in spending because companies have to do it. You know, uh, businesses have to protect themselves. Uh, buildings have to protect themselves. I'm sure there's a lot of investment taking place. Does it translate into creating jobs? I don't know. I'm sure. Uh, getting chaps running on roofs now, putting up solar panels. Well, yeah, that's a, that'll be fleeting as well. I mean, the, the JoJo story from you, Viv, uh, means that someone has to do something. I mean, you pay for it; you're twenty grand, but someone has to do it. I wouldn't imagine that Viv is going to be going out um, with a hammer <laughs> with his toolbox. Viv, I may be doing you a disservice here. <laughs> yeah, no, no, most certainly not. I'm not going to be up there. But still, we have really homes here. And look, apparently we've got like about 5 billion rounds of projects from the from the National Roads Agency, right? Yeah. But uh, this is like one of the worst customers in the world. It cancelled, the National Roads Agency cancelled 10 billion in tenders last year. And that's another 7 billion laps. Okay. Uh, so, look, I think this probably is going to happen. I think ahead of the uh, election next year, remember, there is going to be a yeah. bit of window dressing happening. And so you are going to find government departments trying to fix the potholes, which I, honestly, I mean, again, the rain came through and, uh, you know, it's, it, it's, it's, it's not like, you know, a small bit of cracking in the road. No, this is stuff that if you don't see and you go over it at like a reasonable speed, oh. it's going to take your wheel out entirely yeah. off. Yeah. Um, so it's, uh, and, and this is stuff that's been fixed. Honestly, I mean, this, this, the stretch of road I'm talking about has been fixed twice in the last two months. 
right? But it's, I don't know what they're using or what kind of like, you know, <laughs> procedure is done, but it's never been fixed, right? Every single time it rains, it, it, it's, it's broken again. It's, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it, it, it is remarkable. But, but speaking of this year, this, I think we are going to see some, at least some window dressing. There is going to be some infrastructure bill coming through the next year. I think just to make sure that like South Africans go into the election, maybe some of them thinking that there's something better happening in the country. Okay. Uh, you mentioned Wilson Bailey, David. Uh, share price up uh, over 3%, mm. I think, today. The tentative signs of some sort of recovery. I remember when that... Um, yeah. I think I remember when it listed. Wasn't that... Yeah. Yeah, that Wasn't that pre-2010? Um, it, it, it listed no, in the... before that. Oh, was it before that? Okay. Mm. All right, but mm. anyway... But it's, it's, it's been the blue chip of the sector. I mean, until mm. they went to Australia and got taken out <laughs> and wrote off a huge amount of money, which is now gone. Um, so they've taken their suffering. Um, it's it's a well. It's always been a well-run business. Um, I don't know how they allowed that to slip. It just it was so unlike them to get caught. But you know we know Murray and Roberts and so many other places have been caught in Australia. And but but this was a reasonable result. It's a turnaround from a very awful situation. Um, but there's a lot to do. I've, you know if if they've still maintained their name. So they still have an order book. It's not that people have abandoned them. Uh, so, you know, fairly, fairly decent result. But I, I looked at their market cap. Lindsay, and I'm talking to Viv as well. Yes. I, you know, when you go back to 2010, and in 2005, actually, um, Becky, he announced a massive infrastructure pro, um, a program that was really designed around the – the World Cup stadiums and fixing roads and everything like that. And we had Murray and Robert. Remember the cow train as well. Murray and Roberts, if I recall, was up at about 60 rand a share. I don't know what their height was. It might have even been uh, higher than that. So here was a company, and, and we had all the others, Basil Reed, Group 5, you name them. I mean, we had some remarkable construction companies. Today, they're gone. Yeah. They've actually vanished. And uh, and if you look at if you look at Wilson Bailey today, their market cap, I think, and you know, I'm just looking at it now. Their market cap six billion. I you know, I think this is a, a a fraction of where they were. Marion Roberts, which uh, is now trading at two rand a share or just over two rand a share, you know, I remember it up at sixty or even above that. So I mean, it's a segment that has just been devastated and a devastated, eviscerated. I like that word. Yeah, which means disemboweled. And you looked that up, yeah, did you? Think, think, yeah. <laughs> you looked up eviscerated. Yeah, it's, it's, it is a nice word. Yeah, it's almost yeah. you can see someone. I'm going to eviscerate you, and you can see them being disemboweled or burnt or something. It's a great word. I'm yeah. writing it down now, David. Thank you. Anyway, a better word is defenestrate. A better word is defenestrate. I'll tell you where I learned that word. Yeah. And do, I'm, I'm reading the Zulu Wars, which is fascinating <laughs> history. You know, Isandwana and the whole period around that. And uh, uh, you want to you, you read about the British. But what the Zulus used to do is that um, when they killed somebody with an assegai, they would disembowel them. Oh, nice. And I don't know whether it was a vicious act or whether it was to release the spirit. Mm. I've still got to find out. You know, in other words, that was an act of kindness, except, you know, over a dead person to actually release the spirits for for whatever reason, or I don't know. 
It okay. might have been revenge, who knows? <laughs> yeah, I'm my, still working that one out. My Zulu war history began mm-hmm. and uh, ended with uh, the film Zulu with Michael Caine. So <laughs> you, you, you'll be my point of reference there. David, what was your word, please, Viv? Because I like words. What was your word? Defenestration, which basically means taking, throwing out a window. So oh, you defenestrated. Oh, fenestry, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I understand. Yeah. A defenestration. I mean, okay. there's such a specific you know, word for it here. But yeah. yeah, but one thing I want to mention about the, the, the construction companies is this, right? Uh, construction is something different. You don't learn it entirely at a, a, a university. A lot of it is practical mm. knowledge that you yeah. learn on the job, right? Yeah. Mm. And what happens when you have a complex mining robbers, like David mentioned, from its all-time high, it's down 95 or 97%, I think, at the moment, from its all-time high. So that basically is, is like 3% of its value. Uh, that company, basically, if it goes under, that institutional knowledge is lost. Yeah. South Africans yeah. will be building buildings a thousand years from now. If there's a South Africa a thousand years from now, we'll still be building stuff. However... If you look at, you know, who will be building it, it won't be South Africans. If we lose the institutional knowledge yeah. of a Marianne Roberts and a WHO and so on, mm-hmm. you won't have the, the, the ability to do these large projects. You can't train that up at a university. You can't just go and get a couple of engineers and come to, have them come yeah. over and do it. That knowledge is lost forever when it's lost. And it will be Chinese and American and French companies exactly. building South Africa yeah. in the future. Well, with the latest Russian, China, South African little uh, cozy triumvirate they've got going there, and maybe that's maybe that's the, the solution. If the South African companies can't do it or uh, do it more expensively, then the Chinese come in and the ANC, if they're still in power, allow them to come yeah. in. Mind you, because we know they've got designs on Africa. They've had designs on Africa for a long time, as have the Russians. So it's something to watch out for. I've got to look at... Um, because David and I and you, Viv, have been talking about the, not the demise of the PGM companies, but uh, certainly uh, their, their fortunes have flagged a little bit. And I'm just looking at this here, six months um, results from Sibani Stillwater. It says here, profit for the period, 19 billion rand or $1.2 billion compared to 33.8 billion rand or 2.3 billion for 2021. These numbers, David, are... Yeah. yeah, they're not disturbing. They came out of the trading day. They tra- came out of the trading update, so mm. it's not a surprise. Um, remember, they had a, a long. Uh, when it comes to Sabania, they had issues in Montana with uh, weather. Yeah, the flood. Which, uh, pr- you know, which yeah, and then also in South Africa with the gold mines, long strikes, costs falling, falling PGM prices, and that, um, and so on. So there was a whole litany of woes, including I think. Uh, the stealing of copper cables. So I don't think this result was necessarily a big surprise, but it is. I'm looking at the chart in front of me now, and the one that has been bothering me more than anything else has been Anglo Platts, which has broken through any kind of support level that it might have had. And you've gone back, I don't know how many years. We're looking at a very similar situation with Sabania now, which is trading uh, almost at levels that – we saw, you know, um, well, in 2022. But if we if we break the current level, we go all the back, you know, all the way back to 2020. So a lot of gains, a lot of, you know, a lot of hard work has been given up uh, by Sabania, and I think it's also a reflection of um, just concerns about, you know, demand and also increased costs and so on. But I'll let Vips have something because I must, I must. I must tell you something afterwards as well. Okay, tell but, us afterwards, uh, but um, let me just read this before you chip in, Viv. This is a statement by Neil Froneman, the chief executive of Sibania Stillwater, one of the finest miners that this country has ever produced, South Africa, that is. 
And you think to yourself, do you want to be the CEO of a mining company? It says here, without doubt, the most significant achievement during 2022 was the ongoing improvement in our safety performance, which is laudable, of course. The group operating and financial results were impacted by exogenous factors, including a more challenging macroeconomic and geopolitical environment, severe weather event in Montana, a one in 200 year flood, impacted our US PGM operations, mm. global macro influences, significant inflationary cost pressures, ongoing supply chain disruptions, deteriorating economic outlook, and it goes on and on and on. Lower uh, demand and lower prices for the metals we produce. And Viv, you know, you look at this and you say to yourself, tough job he's got there. Oh, yes, most certainly. But remember, this is the foundation of, of our society. This is what makes life possible. You know what I mean? Uh, these are the guys that, that we, we basically rely on to, to, base, to, to live our lives as we live them. And, uh, you know, as we have more and more difficulties hitting these companies, uh, it becomes you know, more and more expensive to actually produce anything because the cost of materials is going to go up. One interesting thing I, I did find, however, is that the switch to, to lithium was uh, quite interesting in Finland, mm. of all places. They're looking at that, uh, which, you know, sounds crazy because, you know, it's obviously one of the more regulated places in the world. But as you look at, like, the stuff happening in the Congo and so on around uh, cobalt, as you look at the kind of, like, you know, the disasters happening in South America, etc., uh, I think that, you know, going forward, you, you just got to accept, like, money is going to be a bit more expensive, stuff is going to be a bit more expensive, and the safety has to be on record. But I find it interesting that the long-term vision for a place like, uh, you know, Sabania, uh, with, the, for instance, this lithium expansion to Finland, uh, it, it, it's interesting. I mean, they, they are basically moving away from being a single product, uh, you know, miner to a diversified miner. And I've always kind of preferred the diversified miners because they kind of have more idea what's happening in the world than, than like the normal person does. And there's always going to be a, a need for miners out there. So I always prefer the diversified miners. Whereas single product miners, though they may have these huge ups, they could also have very big downs. Okay, David, um, you, you're not a That's mining it, person. You know what Viv says, because Froneman hmm. started off with uh, marginal gold mines and his whole intention, which was a decade plus ago, was to really mine them out and pay you some good dividends. In other words, bring them to the end of their life. And from then on, I mean, he he diversified. He started to go into platinum. And as Viv says now, and not only was platinum here, he, he took the Lonman. I mean, it was a huge, huge risk, which paid off because uh, Lonman was almost bankrupt. I think could have even been bankrupt. And then off to Montana for Stillwater. And now lithium, and he's also looking, I think, at nickel in uh, in Australia, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. So he's he is diversifying, you know, going the way of where he thinks future demand's going to be. So you know, credit to him. He he doesn't care about his share price. You know, I mean, <laughs> he's more interested. In, you, you know, I mean, I don't think he loses sleep. You know, there's no he loses sleep over what's happening. He knows where he wants to go, and he's. He's, he's uh, on a path of his own. Yeah, interesting character, uh, that one. David, you were mm. going to say something when we did earlier on. Oh, yeah. Well, please what, tell what us. What I wanted to say is, is, you know, as we talk about so-called the, the fall in platinum prices, the one thing that, that I'm finding, and, and I've been going to a lot of presentations or sitting through presentations, and, you know, one can do that nowadays. You can, even though we're at the bottom end of South Africa, you can kind of tune into whatever. And I'm finding a huge amount of diversion in, in the way that people are looking ahead. You know, no one's quite sure of what lies ahead. But what, what I'm bringing up is that uh, there's quite a positive view on China. 
and quite a positive view on the growth in China. And against that, there's strong views that, you know, oil, because there's no investment in oil, no one's uh, opening up new wells or uh, um, you know, there's no new fixed investment. And also that if you do get an increase in demand, that this price could go up to 120. You know, you could get a massive increase. Now, I'm not saying this is my view. I'm saying these are the kind of views that one gets. And uh, it's, it's, it's uh, you know, you find that quite a few people are looking at China as being the surprise card. I mean, U.S. has surprised us. The economy has been a lot stronger than we thought. And, and China could be another thing. But, I mean, not everybody's writing off metals. You know, there's still a very strong view that, uh, that commodities can come back. So you, you've got to keep one eye open. You know? You've got to just say, okay, well, let's keep watching and see what happens. So that is a thing. I, I would hate to see a oil price of 120. Well, that would be disastrous. I'm sorry, not not just for South Africa, but the rest of the world. But it's interesting you talk about the, um, the we've been talking about the miners. I keep reading these articles that say medium to long term, mine, the mining sector, the commodity sector, the resource sector is going to outperform drastically. And I've, I'm looking at the graphs, as David is, and, and looking at the uh, potential uh, recession globally, whether it be mild or medium or, or hot, it doesn't matter. People are very, very very bullish about this thing. Is that justified, Viv, do you think? Look, I do think commodities are going to have a bit of a, a gold, oh no, a, a more positive time period. Remember, the stuff that's happening in the world, geopolitically as well, is going to basically increase the amount of capacity we have globally because there's going to be double productions or double capacity. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the stuff that's being built in China at the moment is going to be moved out of China. Uh, the U.S. has that IRA. The Europeans are doing a similar kind of thing to basically you know, compete with the U.S. and gin up that economy. And you're going to find a lot of like you know supply chain shifting over the next couple you know years or so. And effectively, that's going to create a lot of construction, a lot of like you know uh, extra costs and etc which will be positive for commodities. The, the one issue I would have to have around this particular like, you know, thing is that, y yes, you might find commodity prices rising, but you're also seeing another trend happening, especially in Europe, of these windfall taxes, uh, you know, where they are basically going out there and saying, oh, yeah, you made a lot of money. Give that to us as government. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't really matter how much money the company makes. If the government's going to come and take it in the form of a windfall tax, you know, it really does change some of these these calculations uh so I, i'm bullish about commodities but you're just going to be very careful about you know whether or not the government's going to think that the money being made is just a bit too much okay gentlemen and on that china story david uh, you said that people are getting bullish of china it says after triggering a years-long exodus of foreign investment from chinese markets president xi looked like he'd cracked the formula to revive his economy and lure back uh -huh. global funds. Uh -huh. But they're saying that Wall Street is now pulling funds from China because of the geopolitical story. I mean, that's just a short-term thing, I'm, I'm sure. But anyway, it's an interesting one. You, would you invest in China, David? It doesn't seem to be your, no. your geographical I, location. I, I invest in the... I invest in... I did. I liked China until she started to exert quite a bit of pressure on, you know, I was a big Alibaba 10 cent supporter yes. until he decided to crack down. And as soon as he cracked down, I said, I'm gone. But where I still um, invest is is on Chinese uh, consumption. In other words, Western companies that are selling into China. And, luxury goods. Uh, rather look at it, luxury goods, you know, cosmetics. It might even be motor vehicles or, or things of that nature. So I'm comfortable to, to look at it from that point of view. But I'm still skeptical because even today I picked up 
it was a Bloomberg headline saying that the Chinese authorities are, you know, uh, not, I didn't say cracking down, but concerned about the amount of time youngsters are spending, not on gaming this time, but on videos, meaning yes. TikTok, mm. you know, things like TikTok, you know, spending their whole day looking. So, you know, they can get pretty awful when they want to crack down, they crack down. I say, okay, I don't need this. <laughs> okay, well said. Right, let's have a look at the markets now. Um, the Rand was in the, it broke 18.50 this morning against the US dollar, currently 18.29, so it's recovered. In fact, the US dollar has fallen by about 0.8% against the Rand. British pound against the Rand is 22.19, which is essentially flat. The Euro Rand is 19.46, which is a fall of about a third of a percent for the Euro. Euro dollar 106.35, which is again by the euro against the greenback of nearly half a percent and the British pound. Now it was below 120 yesterday, now above 121, 121.35, up three quarters against the US dollar. Okay, the gold price was looking as though it's going to go from 18 to 17 as its big figure, but currently 18.25, up eight. Platinum has rallied very nicely, five and a third percent. 9.50 up $48 an ounce, palladium up $40 an ounce or nearly 3% to 14.15. Other commodities, Right, Brent crude oil, 83.60, up 1.2%. West Texas crude, 77.61, up 2.5%. Natural gas was up another few percent this morning uh, after yesterday's storming day, uh, down 3.3%. But David, you remember we had that chat with Garth McKenzie, and he, he and I both, mm. without prompting, uh, said natural gas is one to, to look at, and, and it's surged like 15% since then. Uh, but that's one trade a year that I get right. Um, copper's up one and two-thirds percent, <laughs> if that. Uh, coal prices yesterday were down 6%. But anyway, bond markets are interesting. Uh, US 10-year is yielding 3.95%, which is just creeping higher again, up to that 4% level. The South African 10-year has performed rather well. It's more or less unchanged at 10.07. S&P 500 futures I've got... It's virtually unchanged at 3,986 for the S&P. And Bitcoin is 23,269, which is down two-thirds of a percent. Viv, on the local stocks, I'm going to give you mine in a moment, and David's going to give us his as well. But what have you, what have you seen that's piqued your interest, please? Local stocks, JSE. Well, I did see the telecom basically uh, up quite nicely. And uh, I think it's just of the top five movers of the day. Uh, the company's done quite nicely this year. I mean, obviously, there's been a lot of craziness around acquisitions and being acquired and being asked to acquire other people, etc. But it's up about 25% for the day, for the year, sorry, so far, mm. which does seem to indicate that there's a bit of positivity returning to it. Obviously, well below last year's low, uh, price levels. Uh, the second thing, uh, I um no, uh, around it as well is the fact that we are seeing, you know, uh, Oceana come out with results, mm -hmm. uh, like 6% up for the day, not bad at all. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's uh, interesting when you look at some of you know how interested I am in food, uh, but they do mention the fact that, you know, they're seeing a lot of demand coming through for their canned fish. Uh, and obviously, you know, that's been helped not just uh, by demand locally, but internationally as well. Apparently, there's these weather effects that are making, you know, uh, fishing uh, low quantity is quite low uh, globally, and so they kind of benefit from that. Uh, at the same time, they are saying that they're also benefiting the fact that they have their own power generation, uh, which is, I think, an important thing that every company that deals with anything around food or, you know, that requires power to operate is going to have to be doing it. The canned fish story is a good one because you go into a supermarket and you have these big tins of um, pilchards in tomato sauce, and I can't remember the name of the brand, quite a striking red... Glencore. 
Glenn, 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 oh, uh, Lucky Star. Oh, uh, no, there's a really, really quick. Glenn Rick, Glenn Rick, no, there's another one. There's a specifically South Lucky Star. Lucky, Lucky Star. Star, well done. Lucky Star. Lucky Star is the one. I'm wondering oh. if that because of the constraints that the consumer is under in South Africa, if if this is, is I mean, it's always been Im embedded as a, as a protein, but is oh. it? Um, is it now starting to replace chicken because it's cheaper? I don't know. Does anyone know about this? Maybe that's why Oceana's doing well. It always well. has. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it's you know, poultry have always been a source of protein, uh -huh. and particularly among fish today is is more expensive than meat. Oh. If you go to a restaurant today, Lindsay, you will pay more for a for a cabalio or a uh, even a hake than you would for you know for for for, for a steak. Mm. It's it's enormously expensive today. Well, yeah, but understand like you you can, you can buy a small can of like Lucky Star for about like, 13, 14 rand or so, and mm. that could be your protein for your for your dinner. Mm. Whereas yeah. buying a, you know, when you buy chicken, of course there'll be more chicken around, but it won't quite you know uh, be the same thing. So I think that if you know if you look at the, the poorer households, a can of Lucky Star or two cans of Lucky Star, you know, 12, 13 rounds or twenty five rounds, and that'll be effectively the protein for a family that night. Mm. Uh, you know. Those are, those are the kind of calculations I've been made at the moment, unfortunately. I'll tell you Poultry what. Poultry toast. It's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. You take out that, open that Lucky Star, a very cheap source mm. of protein. It's absolutely delicious. You mash it up on that toast, put a bit of uh, horseradish ah. or, or Tabasco <laughs> or, or something like that on it, munch Dead away. Run. No, I'm happy. I'm a Pilcher's man. Okay, I've got <laughs> on the upside, Supergroup is up uh, nearly mm. 5%. PSG Consult, nearly 5% up as well. MC Group, just over 4.5% higher. Haven't heard from those French people recently, but I'm sure we will. Carew up four and a half and Bites up four well, and a half own, as well. They own over 30% now, hey? Yeah, so what's next? Well, the next is they bid for control. Mm. You know, they can't go higher than they are at the moment without making a bid for control. Yeah, that, 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 so, uh, over, over this amount mm. triggers a mandatory mm. takeover bid, doesn't mm. it? Mm. Yeah. yeah, it would. Yeah. Okay, downside, we've spoken about Subanu, uh, despite the fact that the platinum price and the PGMs are doing very well today. It's fallen 3%. Woolies uh, down two and three quarters. Anglo-American platinum, David. Yeah, I mean, if it rallies, yeah. you, uh, if, you were, if uh. you were a trader, if it rallies, it's a, it's a sell the rallies market because you say it's broken yeah. down on, on your charts. Anglo-Pats yeah, down. Well, it's, every day it's going cheaper, you know, yeah. and, and, and it's worrying. There's no support. We haven't seen support coming in. The shares are uh, 101.7. I mean, phew. Yeah, that's 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 half the price they were a year ago, less than half. The yeah, price. considerably mm. less than half. Uh, anyway, mm. it's down just over two and a half percent today. Kumba Iron Ore down two and a half, nearly, and Aspen also nearly two and a half percent weaker. One forty one eighty nine, uh, Aspen. Yeah. yeah, that's also yeah. one that's. Uh, I don't know the results in... are coming soon. I think. I, I think. I don't know. I think so because we're watching out for it. Mm. And it hasn't been preferred. It's just been ambling sideways with almost a negative bias. You know, so I don't know what it's telling us, but uh, wait for results. It's been very quiet on the on the news front, uh, and it's been in a steady decline. Uh, David, give us the closing JSC indices and um, yeah. Wall Street as well, if you would. We ended up point two eight percent at seven 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 three four. That was the all share the top forty up. 0.25 at 71694. And then moderate gains uh, across the board. Uh, the resource index, call it up 0.3%. Uh, 
banks up 0.75%. They held up. You know, I thought under these circumstances with grade listing that we'd see weakness in the banks. Not so. They've held up very, very well. Industrials under a little bit of pressure. The uh, industrial 25, well, when I say under pressure, just down uh, really 0.1%. So it wasn't a bad day. If I look, I'm watching the top 80 shares, and uh, there were more gainers than losers, uh, which is a fairly good sign. I haven't just, last of all, I will give you to see, because volumes have been pretty light. And Oh, no. What? 32 billion today, so I don't know what happened. And it's in SPA. This is interesting. And, and two stocks that, that dominated. One was SPA. Yes. And uh, almost 3.8 billion. And, and outsurance as well, 3 billion. So I'm not hmm. sure if there's any news behind that. But, Has to be. Uh, whether it's balancing of certain indices or whether, con- whether there was some um, uh, trading around that. But that's, that I didn't pick up. That's the end of the month. Maybe it's a month-end thing. Who knows? Viv, can Mm. you shed a light on this at all? Uh, End of February, Mm. yeah. Yeah, I I don't see anything myself, quite frankly, uh, uh, you know, around it. So I I, I wouldn't know. Okay, no problem at all. Gentlemen, I've kept you far too long. Thank you very much for your insight. Great chat. Uh, Viv Govender is from Rand Swiss, and David Shapiro is from Sassman Securities, both in Johannesburg. And that was the five o'clock shadow. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.